Good morning, everyone. <coughs> Can you hear me okay? Good, because I've just managed to pull the cable out of the mic. <laughs> um, it's been great this morning, hasn't it? It's been um, great having Ash and Jenny and the team just lead us in worship. And um, it's a shame that you've got to stop now and listen to me instead for a little while. But, um, you know, like Beth mentioned last week, and as I was preparing my sermon this week, it's been hard for my thoughts not to reflect something of just what's been happening, what continues to dominate the news with the country in mourning and the lead up to tomorrow's funeral. And um, like Joe, I will confess from the outset that I'm not much of a royalist, um, but I certainly don't mind saying that I've got a lot of respect for the Queen and the way in which she has lived out her life in front of this constant glare of media attention throughout the whole world. And I think one thing that is hard to argue with is that she was certainly devoted to giving herself in service to this country. And I'm convinced that she did that because she really did view that as her God-given appointment and duty. And there have been many quotes from the Queen all over the news this last week And as Beth shared last week, many of them have been overtly Christian. Statements that she made about her faith in Jesus and her reliance on God. And I thought it was telling that um, within one of her her very first public addresses to the world, when she was age 21, I'm sure you've heard this, but Elizabeth said, I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be short or long, shall be devoted to your service and the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. But I shall not have strength to carry this out, this resolution alone, unless you join me in it, as I now invite you to do. I know that your support will be unfailingly given. God help me to make good my vow, and God bless all of those who are willing to share with me in it. So right from the beginning, she asks in that tone that I believe was a genuine request, God help me make good on my vow. And from what we've heard this week, what's played out in the news, from the many, many things we would have seen in reports, that the Queen did indeed make good on that vow. She continued to serve in her position right to the very end, and she made it clear that she did it with the help of God. You know, the Queen of England, from a worldly perspective, really had everything that you could possibly wish to attain. She's been described as the most famous woman in the world and from that worldly view there is no higher place of standing or social standing than the Queen of England. There are no social ladders to climb from that point. You can forget about keeping up with the Joneses. Dare I say it, this is even above the Abbots. It's all right, Marcus is on sabbatical, he'll never know I said it. Um, But you know, as well as this great status... The royal family have also got immense wealth, and I guess the Queen literally could have bought anything she ever wanted. Fame, fortune, status, everything that the world has to offer, but she still expressed the reliance on God. She still placed her faith in Jesus. Another one quote that she said, For me, the teachings of Christ and my own personal accountability before God provide a framework in which I try to lead my life. And I think we can perhaps even maybe think it's easy to say something like that when we are secure, when we've got complete financial security, influence, power, that we can kind of then take this moral high ground and try and live a life in a good way. 
and then maybe just glibly say, oh, and I put all my trust and faith in God. But I actually think it's often harder when we have a reliance on ourselves. You know, I found in my own life, and I don't know if any of you have shared this, but when everything is good, when everything's going our way, when the world just seems all as it should be, it's quite easy to let my faith just begin to take a bit of a back seat. It's like, okay, it's all right, Lord, I'm doing all right at the moment, thanks. I don't really need you right now. And perhaps some of us can even become a bit puffed up with our own sense of importance and self-reliance and deceive ourselves with this notion that we don't need God. But of course, on the flip side of that, it's often in times of crisis when we've exhausted our own resources, when we've got literally to the end of ourselves, it's then that we cry out, Lord, I need you. Every one of us here this morning needs Jesus. Every one of us needs forgiveness. Every one of us needs a saviour. Queen, king, prince, pauper, black, white, rich or poor. I'm in danger of quoting the lyrics to Only Fools and Horses there. (laughs) But I'm serious. Jesus is this great leveller. The Bible tells us really clearly in Romans that we all, each one of us, fall short of God's glorious ideal. Our sin creates this barrier between us and God. And the bottom line is that we are all imperfect people. And to be right before a perfect God, we need a perfect saviour to make a way. And Jesus dealt with that barrier of sin between us and God. We've been singing about it this morning in those worship songs. Even the Queen acknowledged her need for personal accountability before God. So this morning I just feel the Lord wants to remind us that none of us, not me, not you, not the Queen of England, can earn a place in heaven through good works and deeds. You know, the Queen's life of service was amazing and it can be admired, it can be celebrated. But I want to make it clear this morning, it's not her service that has got her into heaven. She's in heaven due to her personal faith and acceptance of Jesus. And so it follows that each one of us can only get there by putting our personal faith and acceptance in Jesus. The Bible's really clear about it. There is no other way. It's not enough to live a life of service. It's not enough to be a good person. It's not enough to have the right connections. It's not enough to have just been born into this Christian country. You won't get to heaven because of someone else's relationship with God in your family. Just because your mum, your dad, your nan was a deacon in the church, it doesn't matter. It's got to be personal, a decision that you make. There's an American pastor, um, Louis Giglio, is how I think you pronounce it. I always want to say gigolo, but that's something very different. Louis Giglio. But he describes knowing Jesus in these terms. You can have the information, but it needs to become your revelation. When it comes to the truth about the death and the resurrection of Jesus, the truth needs to become your truth. His story needs to become your story. See, Jesus' story the death of the cross and the resurrection, that's history. 
but when it becomes applied to us, it becomes mystery. This mystery of God can still connect with us even today and that the cross still has power today to change lives. The history becomes the mystery of God working in us. Because while we were still a long way off, far from God, Jesus died for us. Jesus took on his shoulders our imperfection. Jesus took on his shoulders my sin and your sin. And Jesus, the Son of God, took that punishment that was due on the cross so that we can be seen blameless through Christ by, by God. And we can know all of that as information, but when we accept that he did it for us personally, that's when it becomes revelation. And it's that revelation that affects the way that we live our lives. Just as that personal statement of faith that the Queen made at 21 years age, maybe younger, I don't know the details of that, but it affected the way that she lived her life. Now, there's been another thing in the news as well this week, not only the Queen, but a thing that's becoming a news report in its own right, and that's the queue. It seems that finally the decades and decades of British training for being in the queue has seen its ultimate expression. The queue even has its own website. Six hours, nine hours, 14 hours, 19 hours was the last wait that I saw reported about the queue. Has anyone here been to the queue? Hands up, any of you here, would you go and queue for 10 plus hours? Come on, Kelly, you definitely want to put your hand up. <laughs> I've um, also heard that David Beckham joined the queue, queuing with the masses, which then shone a light on another thing. There's a VIP queue. I didn't even know. One he chose not to join. So there's a public queue. There's the VIP queue. I wouldn't be surprised if there's actually a really secret, super VIP non-queue queue. And, you know, all the pomp, all the ceremony this week, it's a spectacle in itself. And I've seen so many well-to-do people on the telly, often people that have had quite a lot of plums, it seems. And many of those interviewed have been then desperate to tell this story of their own personal connection or their meetings with the Queen. Now, for me personally, I feel no desire or need to go and join the queue. <laughs> And I want to be really clear here, I'm not mocking it at all. Um, obviously, tens of thousands of people are joining that queue, and I find it fascinating. You know, it's been said this week that there are two groups of people in the country at the moment, either those in the queue or those of us watching TV reports about the queue and wondering why they're in the queue. But, you know, these thousands of people are queuing for hours to pay their respects to someone that they never met, but somehow they feel it was their queen. And I've already heard people, and I'm sure you have in interviews, pledging their allegiance to the new king, Charles. It just seems that so many people in our nation are keen to be part of this kingdom. And as this has been playing out, of course, my mind's just been drawn to the parallel of those of us that worship another king the one true king, the king of a kingdom that will never end. And, you know, there are immediately some obvious similarities in respect to service in kingship. 
Jesus was called the servant king. I'm going to quote the king again, sorry, the queen again from Christmas 2012. She said this, this is the time of year when we remember that God sent his only son to serve, not to be served. He restored love and service in the centre of our lives in the person of Jesus Christ. Servant king. It's a statement that on the face of it doesn't immediately make sense, does it, servant king? And I guess in some part, the example that the queen has given us does help perhaps give us some level of understanding of this idea of status coupled with service. But of course, even that can't reflect the amazing juxtaposition of Jesus Christ, servant king. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the creator and sustainer of the universe. Heaven and earth were created through him. He's described as the king of kings, the lord of lords. He's above all, he's in all, he made all. At the beginning of John's gospel we read this about Jesus and here Jesus is referred to as the word. In the beginning was the word and the word, Jesus, was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. So here's Jesus at the beginning of creation with God the Father breathing life into the universe above all things. There's an amazing um, sermon by a guy called Reverend Dr. Lockrich that I'm sure many of you would have heard and it's titled That's My King. There's a clip on YouTube, I'd like to play it now just for my own gratification because I enjoy watching it, but I haven't got time. But if if you haven't seen it, look it up, That's My King on YouTube. But I'm just going to quote just the beginning of that and this is what he says. My king was born king. The Bible says my king is the seven way king. He's the king of the Jews, that's a racial king. He's the king of Israel, that's a national king. He's the king of righteousness, he's the king of angels, he's the king of heaven, he's the king of glory. He's the king of kings and he's the lord of lords. Now that's my king. Well I wonder, do you know him? That's the king that we're talking about. And yet that king stepped down to serve us. I mentioned that bit from the beginning of John's Gospel. Further on in John first 14, it says this, And the word, again Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Do you remember um, a film? I'm going back now, probably because I watched it years ago when Ella, my oldest daughter, was young. But there was a Disney film, Aladdin. And in it, the princess, that near the beginning of the film, dresses up in like rags so she can go out and be with the commoners. Anyone with me on that? (laughs) So she puts this rag, she puts these clothes on so she can be with the commoners and wander around outside the palace. The king of heaven, Jesus, fully God, puts on flesh to come and not only be with his people, but to serve his people. To die for his people. In Philippians 2, I think we've got this verse we can put up, please, Nathan. Philippians 2, verses 5 to 11, it says this. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. 
by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name and at that name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Joe mentioned this at the beginning of the meeting but you know we've currently got this incredible queue of people waiting to see the coffin of the Queen but by her own admission, she was only a servant to the king. Imagine if there was a queue to meet King Jesus, the name above every name. Imagine thousands of people queuing to pay their respect, not to the queen, but to the king. And here's another amazing thing. Jesus, the king of kings, makes a way for us to access him and there is no queue. We each immediately get the VIP pass. And again, there's this other juxtaposition that happens because it costs us nothing. But when we understand it, it inspires us to give him everything. The gift of salvation is free. Jesus has done all the work. His death on the cross and the resurrection guarantees our right standing before God. And that fact alone trumps everything. What Jesus did in that moment of dying for us, dying for me, dying for you, putting us right before God, it trumps everything else that we can come against. It trumps how we're feeling on any given day. Whether we're perhaps feeling guilty, whether we're not feeling good enough, we can hold on to that fact that Jesus has settled that account with God. You know, many people this week have commented how the Queen has been this sure and steady presence in their lives, but now she's gone. Jesus is the sure and steady presence that will never go. Jesus says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And you know, even when our circumstances might be knocking our confidence or belief that God is in control, we can hang on to that fact that Jesus has made us right before God. And therefore, God is always going to be for us. You know, our life circumstances, things that happen can be so distracting sometimes. They can leave us wondering where to go next. I think there are times when we can even wonder, does God even really care? Is God in control? But you know, when Jesus went to the cross, it wasn't pretty that day. It was ugly it was painful, it was awful, it was heart-wrenching for those that loved him that witnessed what was happening. But in amongst all of that, God was in control. And I just want to read something now, another bit of scripture from Daniel. You can get that ready for me in a minute, Nathan. This is written in the Old Testament. It was written foretelling a prophetic word written about Jesus, so before he had come to earth. And we've already mentioned some references and names that are given to Jesus. Jesus is referenced as the Word. I've talked about Jesus being the King, about Jesus being the Son of God, asserting the fact that Jesus is divine. And here Daniel uses the phrase Son of Man, meaning Jesus was also fully man, putting on flesh. So this is what Daniel says in Daniel seven thirteen to 14. 
In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will not be destroyed. For me this morning, Jesus Christ, that's my King. And I want you to ask yourself this morning in your heart, is it your King? Truly your King, King of your life, affecting the way that you live and the decisions that you make. I'm just going to ask Ash and the team to come back up now. And I just want to encourage you that if you want to just receive prayer this morning, you can come, no queue, straight to the front here and meet the King of Kings. You know, we don't have to keep trying in our own strength, in our own reliance to do it, because God came, Jesus came to serve. He's wanting to serve us this morning. He's got an abundance to give us and bless us with this morning. So I just want to encourage you as the team plays, if you want to receive prayer this morning, just come. No queue. Connect with the King. And if you've never made that personal step this morning, if you've never really made that decision to really accept Jesus for who he is, then I'd love to talk to you maybe even pray with you. So I'm going to be over here as well, but I just encourage you this morning to just come and connect and understand who the true king is and be part of a kingdom that will never, ever end. Amen. <laughs>